Friday. January 5th. Don't ever let me start feeling lonely. Little Willie for Tony. He loved it. If I ever needed you, buddy, you know now I really do, buddy. Don't ever let me start feeling lonely. You know, it was funny, um... I got a really sad phone call the other day. It was like probably, it was definitely two days ago. Um, we lost a dear friend in passing to Tantoni, uh, Tarboo, T-Bone, many, a lot of names. He had a lot of nicknames. Um. First of all, let's just welcome everybody back to the Why Are you Laughing podcast. This is going to be a uh, um, a pre-recorded episode for a later time, and uh, maybe that's for the best. But uh, we'd like to welcome you all back, and here we go. Welcome back. This is the Why Are you Laughing podcast, and uh, let's get into it. Boom! Welcome back to the Why Are you Laughing podcast. Um, first and foremost. Um, you know, I don't know how many people know yet. Uh, what a shame and a sad day it is to uh, to say my good and dear friend Tony Tarbox passed away the other day. Um, you know, it's weird. I, I woke up happy. I woke up very, very happy the other day when I figured out uh, I was like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a new year. We're going to have some positivity to to start everything off. Everything's going to be okay. And eventually I get out of UPS. I come home. I'm chilling. I'm having a cup of coffee. I get back and uh, I'm just hanging out at home. And probably about an hour before I have to go into my second job, I get a phone call from a dear friend, my second, second cousin, whatever you want to call it. He's family. He's blood. Um... He says, hey, did you hear about Tony? And I said, no. And uh, I really didn't know what was going on at the at that point in time. I was like, oh, I wonder. I didn't know if maybe he had gotten a promotion or what, what was going on. And he said, uh, you know, unfortunately, I said, what's happening? He said, Tony took his own life. And uh, I said, oh. I really was having a good year to start. I thought everything was going to be all right when the year started off, but apparently it was not the case. <coughs> um, my condolences to his family, who I've known since I was a young man. I mean, I grew up in Tanglewood, ladies and gentlemen, and in Tanglewood, at that point in time in the 90s, it was hit or miss. You had... Uh, coke dealers down the streets, you had drug dealers down the streets, you had people who were abusive, uh, kids who were hitting their parents, and vice versa. Cops were there all the time, drunk people all the you know, it was not a nice neighborhood where I grew up. You know, I haven't really talked about my childhood a lot on this podcast. Um, where I grew up, it was a different world. You know, you were, you fit in or you didn't. 
and there were three types of people. You know, you had your older generation who was there just to settle down and enjoy retirement. You had your middle class who was trying to raise a family on uh, really not great pay. And then you had us who were hellions and would just destroy people's lives with, you know, firecrackers and, uh, you know, <laughs> pranks and, you know, just neighborhood mischief, really. Uh, and uh, Tony Tarbox was a big part of that, um, was a big part of that world. Philip Anthony Tarbox, my boy. Uh, I grew up with Tony. He was in the upper park. I was in the lower park. We were really good friends since the third grade. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, Sammy, what are you talking about? I'm talking about somebody who, you know, deserves a podcast all to himself. There are a lot of people who I praise and so forth and and try to, you know, share the beauty of what made them an amazing human being. And he was one of them. You know, Tony had a paper route in my neighborhood, uh, but I didn't know him from that. I knew him from going to Jonathan Daniels Elementary School from the third grade on. Third grade is where me and Tony met. And, uh, I can't, if I really think back in my memory, I really cannot remember how we actually met each other. I'm sure it was through mutual friends. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird thing when somebody that you know from childhood is not there anymore. You know, is somebody who added a different element to your life. And by different element, I mean somebody who was so punk rock, he didn't even know it. He was so, he was such a character, like not even a character from your, you know, regular, I'm going to put this kid in with this group or that group, like, you know, whether you were a punk or a goth or a drug addict or a cheerleader or a football player, you know, he was not, he was nothing. He was not a part of any of those groups. He was very, very happy to be a part of everybody's life you know he was very knowledgeable he had a lot of intelligence a lot of intelligence that he did not get credit for you want to talk about somebody who really was smart and i'm not saying book smart i'm not saying street smart i'm saying you know he really memorized people's uh routines and life and and you know things that were things that mattered the most he knew what was important um you know that phone call really hurt I, I will say it was not a good start to the year literally the last person on earth who i thought was going to make a choice like that um he had a lust for life. We had so much fun times together. I would go to his house after school and we'd drink Mountain Dew and, you know, play Call of Duty till four in the afternoon where he's just like, all right, I got to... <laughs> he's like, I got to get ready for the next day. Anyway, it, we would we would bicycle to school together. I would meet him at uh, Sparrow Street where he lived in town. And, um, you know, he taught me a lot of things about life. He taught me about self-reliance and about self-security like you know he would bring his friggin bike lock that a prison guard could not get into <laughs> this thing was lethal 
We would bike to school together and laugh and talk and, you know. And then school would end and we'd be so stoked to get out and be like, all right, we're going to get our bikes. We're getting on our bikes. Let's go. And then I would meet him back at his house for his paper route who he definitely – he loved that paper route. Like everybody knew who he was and I would walk with him just to talk to him. Like we would walk my neighborhood to do the paper route and end up at Seven Eleven, obviously where big gulps were at that time, ladies and gentlemen, big gulps were like 50 to 25 cents. And which is an amazing thing, you know, to, and, and Phil was a big boy. He, you know, by fifth grade, he was pushing 200 pounds. You know, he was a big dude. He loved life. He loved just enjoying the fruitages of life. You know, he would eat. He would play video games. He loved comedy. I mean, he was... He really, really, really did live his life to his fullest. Like, whatever was going on, he did to excess. So, to be a part of that was an amazing thing. Um, and you know, I don't usually, I don't think I've done a memorial podcast since Kate and Aubrey passed away. So this is kind of a new thing for me. You know, I I don't usually, and you know, you're not supposed to lose your friends this early in life, but you do. You do. It's it's a shame. It's like, you don't think, again, as I said, the last person in my mind to take his own life would be this man. So, uh, you know, my condolences go out to his family. His dad's 80-something years old. You know, his he's been through a lot. His mom left. They got divorced, and it was a big deal, and I was a part of that. And um, it's a really, really sad thing when somebody who triumphs over so much ends up with so little at the end. In his own mind, he, you know, I, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was going through. We didn't keep in contact so much after high school because, you know, again, people move on with their lives. You get out of high school, you get a job, you maybe get a family or a wife or children. You know, it's... It's an insane thing when you think about it. You're like, I care about this person so much, but we're getting older and our priorities have changed. So, you know, I remember in probably 20, I want to say 2013, 2012, something around that time, if I really dig deep, him and I started working at Market Basket. I got there before him. I worked at Market Basket for a total of two years. It wasn't anything you know, advantageous or something that I wanted to put in my life as a career, but it was just a side job and it made good money at that point in time. And they would give out bonuses that like every three months you would get a $300 bonus check in your check. It would just be out of the norm. And so Tony would go there, uh, the year after I got there, he was in the, uh, the, um, the dairy department. The dairy department dealt with two sections of the store. 
One section was like milk and bacon and eggs and all this other stuff. The other section was frozen foods like um, pizza and chicken wings and, you know, all this other stuff. But you basically had to make the aisle look good, like from the movies. You see, everything was stocked and ready to go and, and fresh. And when Tony did it, when he got into that job from day one... He did it to excess. He he took that job and made it his own. And he worked at Market Basket till the day he passed. I mean, as far as I'm aware of. You know, he worked in the Swansea, New Hampshire store locally for, uh, you know, for years. Probably about, it was near 10 years that he worked at that store. You know, because I'm 28 and he got there shortly after me so I started working there when I was 15 he got there the next year yeah so I guess it was more than 10 years that he worked there he did great and they loved him the customers loved him the bosses loved him and he really was a company man I remember when Market Basket was striking I didn't work there anymore but I had heard about it it was all through the buzz in town that Market Basket was striking because of a great many things and you know they laid off so many people so many people and the ones that were still working there were hated the ones that were still allowed to work there were in a separate category of you're not us you're not one of us anymore and Tony was out there on the strike lines fighting for the people who deserve to have their jobs you know, he loved, he loved people so much to where he was not going to leave them, you know. So, anyway, the company ends up coming back. Everybody gets their job, and not everybody, but the, the ones who stuck around got their job back. You know, uh, the Demoulis family finally ended up buying out the company and making it whole again. And the guy that ran Market Basket at that point in time was just a prick. You know, he was this Greek guy that thought he was the man. You know, he ran things terribly. Like, if you didn't agree with him, you were wrong and this and that. So, um, you know, the fact that... And that guy's gone now. He's long gone. He's at another branch of the facility. Not that it matters, but... I'll never forget Tony telling me the story of when uh, he would, the boss, Spy was trying to get him. I won't say his full name, but his nickname was Spy. And he was trying to get people in trouble and get things back to where he thought that they deserved to be. And he looked at Tony one day and said, hey, this isn't the way the aisle should be. You work for me. You should be able to do this. And Tony looked him straight in the face and said, hey, I work for Arthur T., and Arthur T. at that point in time was the head of the company who had just bought back the business and got it back on track. And had just fixed all these problems that were going on with the strike and this and that. The guy who... <laughs> and if you know anything about this guy, he's not usually shocked. He is not easily swayed by employees that are lower than him. And that guy looked at him and turned and walked away. 
and Tony had won that battle, that argument, and I was never more proud of him. I was never more proud of him for sticking it to the man and being, you know, really, what punk rock really means is defying the odds. And uh, I looked up to him as a human being, um, as a friend, as a man. He, he really did what was necessary in his mind, you know. Um, and he had never changed. The only thing that changed him, I think, was probably just the crowd that he was hanging out with once he got to high school. Um, and nothing against those guys. It's just you get into high school and things change. You know, you find different friends and sometimes those friends are doing things that you're not necessarily going to agree with because, uh, you know, maybe they're doing drugs or maybe they're drinking a lot or, or whatever it may be. Tony found himself in a group of people who um, loved him for the things that he really was not. He really wasn't a drinker. He really wasn't a drug addict. He just really wanted to fit in. And I know how that feels because I don't know how I fit in sometimes with other people or I didn't know at that point in time. But anyway, that's not even important. Um, it's a very strange thing when somebody takes their life. It's a very strange thing when you don't have any answers or when you don't know how to cope and... Uh, you have unanswered questions or you have regrets and and I've been going back and forth in my mind trying to figure out how this applies to me. You know, how am I supposed to get through this scenario? You know, uh, it's a weird thing when somebody who's there who was part of your childhood, who really was maybe some of the makeup of who you are, like in some way, shape, or form had donated or attributed you to your moral code or, or whatever you want to call it. It's weird that when they're not there anymore. I mean, we're talking about a guy who I spent every day with, you know, walking on that paper. We used to walk on his paper route and, you know, my neighborhood what I was just telling you about, like we had crazy people, we had drug dealers, we had alcoholics, this and that. But there was one woman who was crazy. She would talk to herself, she would sweep her driveway in the wintertime with a broom. <laughs> I'll never forget, we were talking about my one friend who's in the Marine Corps. We are having a full-blown conversation about how we miss him and this and that and just telling stories. And we're walking by this woman's house and out of nowhere... You just hear this scream, like this tribal scream. Get your mind out of the gutter! <laughs> we just kept walking. Me and T-Bone kept walking. We looked at each other after like, what the flip was that lady talking about? But we just had to laugh. We just had to laugh because it's like you couldn't make up what was going on in our neighborhood at the time. So he started off in the lower park and then he ended up in the upper park. And then, you know, without fail, we would end up at 7-Eleven. Cracking a claw for the old boy. And we'd end up at 7-Eleven. And like I said, drinks were not expensive at that time. 
And um, I would see him eat crazy amounts of food. And, you know, I was right up there with him. I wasn't as big as he was because, you know, he he had a different amount of food in his house than I did. <laughs> and I'm not even joking when I say that. Like, I would go to his house after school, play Black Ops 2 or whatever, and there would be copious amounts of Mountain Dew and frozen food. <laughs> and we would eat and, you know, we'd play Black Ops and listen to Biggie and... You know, watch South Park on Comedy Central or, or whatever. But he was just a bro from day one. From day one. And, uh, and I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss those days where randomly we would just go play football or, or basketball with, uh, you know, Guys like Brownie or his brother Kyle, who were just dorks, like a little bit older than us and, and just, you know, bros, but, you know, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. So <laughs> I don't want to say anything out of turn, but the main objective was just to have fun. I think things really changed after. You know, of course it's going to change. Any person who goes through uh, a breakup of any kind, whether it's you or your parents or, you know, a friendship, when you go through something like that, your entire body language changes. You know, you're not the same person that you were. Like, you're not as excited about having a marriage or a girlfriend or whatever. And I think he was going through something like that because he didn't know if it was going to work. I don't want to be presumptuous, but, you know, I know he probably wanted nothing more than to have somebody to share his life with, just like I do, just like anybody does. Um, and I'm not trying to speculate on, you know, who he was in the end, because, you know, I really didn't see him too much. The last few times I saw him, we picked up right where we left off, just like the old days. You know, he was working in the store in town and, and we would sit there and shoot the breeze because he was still at Market Basket, and we would shoot the breeze for an hour about whatever was going on with him. You know, if you knew Tony, the guy could rant. The guy would talk. He had so much to say, you know, and God forbid you got in an argument with him because you would lose no matter what. <laughs> he had everything to come at you with like he was like no well this this is this you know you just very very knowledgeable guy and you know you loved him for it just for ranting not because you disagreed with him it, like he was it was just funny so anyway um you know i would just let him talk as soon as i saw him i gave him a great big hug and i dapped him up and just like the old days and uh you know when i met him Again, like I said, he was a big boy. He was, he had to be 200 pounds. You know, by the time we got to fifth grade, he had to be in his, it was like 170, 180. He was a big boy. Like he, he was a big boy. So anyway, by the time he got to Market Basket and it was in, within the last few years because he had moved stores since I'd seen him, um, 
you know, he had lost the weight and, but he still had that muscle where he could rant and talk and, and, uh, and, and give you the, and give you the news or, or whatever was going on with him. So I would just listen. I would just be so happy because I had not seen him, but he was a familiar, it was a familiar time in my life where I'd always made time for him to talk. Anyway, and he would just make me laugh so hard. Whatever he was talking to me about, you know. Um, whether it was, he always had a lot to say. So, I mean, it's an amazing thing when you have no idea what somebody's going through. I mean, this is a guy who I met in the third grade, like a four foot tall mohawk, spikes, you know, just loved insane clown posse would we would doodle like he would show me how to doodle shaggy from insane clown posse on like a piece of paper like he would just draw it from memory he was that intelligent where he could make the cartoon lifelike he could have gone into you know drawing at some point or some type of art i mean he was very very intelligent anyway like he had a great memory so i mean learning from him you know i would try to emulate what he would do on paper and be like oh this is cool the way you could do that and be like now you got to do it this way and i would be like, okay sure great and uh you know he he just he had this way of uh communicating that was funny smart correct uh relatable you know, we would be sitting there in grade school knowing that we would have to read a book and being so pissed off about it, like this is going to be the most boring thing of our lives. And we would be sitting there reading and I'd just look at him and he would just whisper to go, read. And it would, I would die, like just with a little grin after he'd go, read, because he knew I wasn't paying attention to the book. And he'd go, read. <laughs> And I would die. I would just die laughing because I knew that he knew it was so stupid. But all these little things that he would do just to make me die of laughter. Die of laughter. We'd see each other in the store. We'd give each other a high. We had a handshake. We had our own handshake. We'd be like, high five. You suck! Like just the most random thing to make a random, you know, crowd look at us and go, why would you even say that? <laughs> and, uh, and we had a blast. We had ecology camp. We had the DC trip, you know, um, again, it's so hard for me sometimes to tell these stories and not want to lose it because I know that I'll never see him again. You know, uh, I had to call uh, a friend of ours yesterday who's in the Marine Corps and um, tell him what happened. And, you know, life shifts. He's in a different world now that our buddy who's in the Marine, he, you know, when you go in the service, you learn to deal with things and you learn to uh, 
put stuff on the back burner. Me personally, I can't do that. I don't know how to turn off that muscle where I don't care. Um, I wish him peace. I wish his family, um, I wish his family peace. I wish, I wish that I could see him again. This whole thing is just, it sucks. And I hate to start the year off with a downer, but, you know, guys, I won't even lie to you. This is really tearing me up. It's tearing me up in every way possible. It's tearing me up in the fact that, you know, this is not the first person I've lost within the last few years. I feel like I'm becoming numb to it at this point. I feel like I'm becoming a bad friend, not acknowledging how much it does hurt, because it does hurt. And I haven't even cried. Um, but I will. And, uh... I guess the message of this podcast, uh, the biggest message I could give out to you guys is... Those people who you may not know are going through something, or even if you don't, even if they're not, make sure you reach out. Make sure that you make that a priority. If you see somebody slipping, give them a call. Shoot them a text. Tell them that you love them. It's not unmanly or, you know, uncouth. Make sure that you do it. It's so important. You know, the last few times I saw him, his number would change, and I would never get the chance to tell him how much I loved him, and I did. Um, Him and his brother were more of a family to me at times than I ever had in my life. They were great. You know, his brother Kyle loved music just as much as I do. I went to one of my first concerts with his brother. Um, And, you know, I would never change a minute of our friendship. We had so many good times together. We had so many things in common. He would teach me things. I would teach him things. Uh, And that's what it's all about. You know, my good friend Steve Simone called me up the other day and uh, just to check in on me. And shout out to you, Steve. Thanks, bro. Um, I got to really talk this through with him because he knows. Brody Stevens, one of the best comedians of all time, who was a great friend of Steve's and a great friend of everybody. He took his, his life, too. And it's a big thing to... Uh, to realize how much of a problem it is in this country. People are going through things and they're taking their lives because they have no answers. Go out there and get some answers before it's too late. Um, and I hope this doesn't bring anybody down. I just hope it brings awareness to the fact that we need each other. As human beings, whether you want to believe it or not, you cannot take on this thing alone. I'm going to repeat that. You cannot take on this thing alone. You need friends, you need family, you need somebody who's going to be behind you the entire time. So. Life shifts. Um...
you got to adapt. You got to move forward. Um, rest in peace, T-Bone. He never liked me. He never liked it when I called him that because only Harrison could call him that. We were a very tight-knit group. <laughs> there were rules and regulations. <laughs> um, anyway, much love, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have another year ahead of us. My live album is out and about. Um, go check it out on every platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. It's everywhere. The Clappinator, live from Florida. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening once again. This has been a Why You're Laughing podcast, and we are clear. Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why You Laughing podcast.